It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. How the heck do you know what to believe, honestly? What do you, how do you know what to believe? Well, they tried the Ministry of Disinformation to tell you uh, what you should believe. That didn't work. So uh, now it's a matter of uh, what you believe. I'll do my very best to tell you the truth and uh, and to describe, you know, what I've discovered through uh, my research, my life experience, and uh, common sense, common sense, which is still alive. It is on uh, life support right now. I think it's on a respirator. I think it's on one of those respirators. So uh, we'll see if we can bring it back. New poll finds that most Americans, <laughs> listen, most Americans find Biden's actions as incompetent and distracted. So the the United States of America, most Americans find the president of the United States, Joe Biden's actions to be incompetent and distracted. I know, big surprise. Well, I was born and raised in Scranton, PA, lifeguard by the pools where I spent my days. Really? Till a dude named Corn Pop, who wasn't that cool, started making trouble at the swimming pools. So I took a chain, wrapped it around my legs. They're hairier than my other legs. Uh, yes, they are. Not my. But, Black kids would touch him. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, then I got on a train and moved to D.C. Chirac yeah. Jabrama gave a job to well, me. I shuffled around and sucked fingertips. Made a big speech, kissed the boy on the lips. Mm-hmm. What are you looking at? I wrote the damn bill. <laughs> I hold the ladies tight and sniff all their hairs. Uh, First person American to fall up the stairs. Ran for president. I was a winner. Winner was me. Now I sit at my desk like as a president. Not, not pre- pre- you know the thing. Come on. Get that your is, face uh, out of your ear. <laughs> it's Kyle Dunnigan, a comedian who does the best uh, Joe Biden impression in the country right now. Period. No holds barred. So, yeah, um, it looks like uh, most people consider Joe Biden's actions incompetent and distracted. I would venture to even say dangerous, and I'll get to the big walk back on uh, Joe Biden saying that we would go to war with China if Taiwan was... Uh, invaded but uh, president joe biden's uh, chief of staff ron plain is now flaunting a poll that shows the american people approve of the way biden is handling covid19 and jobs really but a look at the details of the poll said most americans would describe his actions as uh, incompetent and distracted americans believe the economy is bad biden is slow to react and the state of the economy is uneasy and worrying and to just give you a prime example we are literally having to fly in via military transport food to feed our babies. Uh, welcome to America, kids. Here's what Ron Klain said. I-, I hate to spoil the narrative, but this poll shows that uh, POTUS uh, approval ratings moving up and solid public confidence on the two biggest problems he inherited, COVID and jobs. Biden's approval rating is still underwater. 44% of Americans approve of the job he's doing as president. 56% disapprove. Yesterday's poll was 39, so I don't believe 44. Nonsense, please. While 53% of Americans said the term divisive does not describe the president's action, 62% of Americans said the word unifying would not be accurate in describing Joe Biden. 62% of Americans said the word effective does not apply to Joe Biden. 57% of Americans said the word distracted (laughs) describes Biden's actions. Wow. And then there's this, and then there's this. How much do you think Joe Biden cares about the needs and uh, problems of people like you? This is according to CBS. 56% of Americans said not much or not at all. Not at all. 
And uh, CBS also found that 65% of Americans believe Biden has been slow to react to multiple crises like inflation, illegal immigration, soaring gas prices. Not slow to react. Not slow to react at all. I mean, he has been slow to react. But here's the thing. He also caused all of those things. He also enabled all of those things to happen. In case you wanted to know, pretty much everything. Everything bad in the country right now, as far as economy, as far as formula, as far as fuel, as far as inflation, is all, the border is all self-inflicted and created on purpose by the Democrat Party and Joe Bama. I'll just go ahead and say Joe Bama. I'm just going to call him Joe Bama because we all kind of know who started this and who's still there. Yeah, it's Joe Bama. Thank you very much. And it's only uh, going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Uh, and, of course, the uh, president of the United States, I guess this was on Sunday, he said that we'd essentially go to war. I played this yesterday. We would go to war with China if it invaded Taiwan. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are? It's a commitment we made. It's a commitment we made. We are not, look. Who, who, who made it? I don't recall that commitment. Does anybody recall the commitment? Because it came as a big surprise to the rest of us yesterday. Here's the situation. We agree with a one-China policy. We signed on to it. And all the attendant agreements made from there. But the idea that, that it can be taken by force, just taken by force, is just not, is just not appropriate. It will dislocate the entire region. Now, oddly enough, he said this uh, statement in the drive through at Panda Express. Uh, that's how confused he was about China and Chinese policy. He was at Panda Express getting some uh, chicken fried rice, and he actually said that. And the drive through employee is like, I, I, I don't know anything about what's going on. Why, why are you asking me this? Can I just pull around and, and I'll give you the chicken fried rice? But, <laughs> but Joe Biden uh, kind of, I don't know if he let the cat out of the bag or, or what was going on, but, uh, but he apparently said that we would literally go to war with a superpower in the world if they invaded Taiwan. And by the way, they are threatening to invade Taiwan. They're flying over Taiwan. Uh, Chinese warplanes are actually getting frequent flyer miles for going over Taiwan, and their next trip is free, apparently. Here's CNN walking back uh, Joe Biden's statements on invading Taiwan, or, or I should say, uh, going to war with China. It was a bold statement from the president, and it was almost immediately walked back by the White House. It was bold. It, was, it wasn't irresponsible. It wasn't uh, stupid. It wasn't uh, from a dementia-addled brain. While he continues his trip in Asia, the president <laughs> saying that he would use the U.S. military. I remember my Aunt Blanche, she moved in with us, and she was uh, experiencing severe dementia. And it'd be like if she said, you know, I'm going to take over the world today. And I'd say, that's a bold statement. To defend Taiwan if China were to invade. But that's not the stated and longstanding U.S. policy of strategic ambiguity necessarily. CNN. Has learned that president strategic ambiguity. What the hell is strategic ambiguity? And Biden's comments caught some of his top aides <laughs> off guard. This is drawing a sharp response already yeah. from China. Yeah, it's drawing a sharp response from everybody who's saying, "Dear God in heaven, we took the keys away from him. Uh, can't we just check him into the facility for crying out loud?" Here's Kaylee McEnany talking about the big walk back. It's always an unnamed, anonymous White House official that cleans up the blunder. It's look; these gaps are alarming. They're weird to watch. Weird. They're weird. Um, they're disconcerting when it's the president, but when it's in the context of foreign policy, Harris, it takes on an entirely different set 
of alarm, thinking that you could set off an enemy, a foe, a world power. And in this case, with this Taiwan remark, who was it that cleaned it up? And I got to tell you, there are a lot of countries in the world who are just looking for an excuse to pick a fight with the U.S. The White House. And they really like the fact that the uh, the president of the United States is completely brain addled. Official who declined to be unnamed <laughs> in the case of suggesting regime change in Russia. Who is it that cleaned it up? The official line was within minutes. Maybe it was Jill Biden. It's a White House. It certainly wasn't Kamala Harris. It's official. She'd be like, uh, China is a country filled with Chinese people and they eat Chinese food. Telling reporters it was not the case. And Harris, it's not just these two. When he was in Warsaw, remember what he said about chemical weapons? If Putin uses chemical weapons, he would respond in kind. He said, quote, it will trigger a response in kind, <laughs> wow. somehow yeah. suggesting the United States would use chemical weapons. Troops in Ukraine, he told the 82nd Airborne, you're going to see when you're there. Yeah. And then the minor incursion remark that Jen saw. Oh, the old minor incursion. I would call that not a minor incursion. What's happening in Ukraine? He well, must have been yes. dictating the cleanup statement in her office. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. This is foreign policy. You can provoke enemies. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's time for the adults to take charge because we do have a buffoon in the office who not only is a 50-year bureaucrat who's never accomplished anything positive in Washington, D.C., uh, only enriching his family by selling uh, access and influence, as we've seen time and time again. It has been proven by the Hunter Biden laptop, which has now been admitted as real. Uh, but, you know, this isn't funny anymore. It never was funny, to be quite honest. And now it's just plain dangerous. And now it is really, really, really freaking dangerous. And yesterday, on top of everything else, while you're suffering, maybe you have a, a young baby and you can't get formula. Maybe you are trying to afford 5 or $6 gas and deciding whether to put $10 in your tank so you can buy freaking bread at the end of the week. Now this doofus, Joe Biden, he actually literally exposes the hell that he's going to put you through while we convert to this idiotic unicorn fart and fairy dust dream of electric vehicles. Uh, he exposed it all yesterday. Don't worry, he didn't expose himself, but he exposed it all yesterday. And if you think the pain is bad now, you ain't seen nothing, kids. That's our president. That's our president. That's the guy who got 82 million votes. And, and here's somebody who won't get 82 million votes, uh, Mike Pence, if he decides to run in 2024. That was the latest uh, story yesterday before a Pence speech last month in Iowa, he told the New York Times he would not rule out entering the 2024 presidential race. This is so good. Even if Trump enters the race as well, Pence added that he and his wife, Karen Pence, would act on prayer, stating, we'll go where we're called. That's the way Karen and I have always approached these things. Uh, he told the uh, Times that he's very moved by how much people across the country have expressed appreciation to him for resisting Trump wanting to have the former vice president block Congress from voting on the Electoral College and confirming now President Joe Biden as the winner. Mike Pence appeared to only gather about 100 people, by the way, when he did his speech in Iowa. And Mike Pence doesn't even realize how done his career is as a politician. He doesn't even realize it. Unless the uh, rhino wing of the Republican Party sweeps massively back into power, which isn't going to happen, well, it could happen, Rob. Well, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Do you know why? Because this far, thus far this election year, when it comes to primary elections in the United States and Donald Trump endorsements, 
You want to guess what his, his rate is now as far as success of candidates is with his endorsement? You're thinking, oh, is it 50-50? Is it 60-40? Is it 70-30? No, 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 no. You're still way off. You're still ungodly off. How about try about 90-plus percent? How about 82 to 3? 82 to 3. And it's so funny that people like Mike Pence don't realize how done they are. And Liz Cheney doesn't realize how freaking done she is. They are so over Mitt Romney, so ungodly over. They have no chance ever, ever, ever of becoming the president unless there's a massive bellwether shift toward idiocy in this country and rhinoism. It's not going to happen. During the height of the coronavirus pandemic, Pence grew close to Governor Brian Kemp in Georgia, which has led to the two lining up against the former president in the gubernatorial race. On Monday, the former vice president is stumping for Kemp, who is in a primary battle against Trump-backed former Senator David Perdue. Pence, and this, a lot of this has to do with the uh, the Republican Party not coalescing behind uh, Senator David Perdue, by the way, I thought you should know. Uh, Pence is seeking to claim a share of the credit in what's expected to be the starkest repudiation yet of Mr. Trump's attempt to consolidate power with Mr. Kemp widely expected to prevail, which would make Donald Trump fall to a record of only 82 and 4 uh, should he win, by the way. Now, desperate to chase his lost relevance, Pence is parachuting into races. Hopefully somebody is paying attention, but the reality is, President Donald Trump is 82 to 3 with his endorsements. There's nothing stopping him from saving America in 2022 and beyond. So it is uh, laughable at, at least. And, and there's a lot of times you, you kind of go, why are you wasting your money? So there you go. So I don't know if you do this. Uh, Kamala Harris did it again yesterday. She did it again yesterday. She created a word salad, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. You know, when we talk about our children, I know for this group, we all believe that when we talk about the children of the community, <laughs> they are the children of the community. The community. The, the community. The community. Honestly, wow, wow, wow. And then, of course, uh, this on the heels that? of of this. Every day. So, yes, and let's applaud because they get some where they need to go. <laughs> And every day, then think about this in terms of the numbers. Every day in our country, more than 25 million children ride to and from school on our nation's fleet of school buses. There you go. She was talking about uh, school buses yesterday, and uh, today she's talking about uh, uh, more nonsense. It, it, is, <laughs> it is really remarkable. The, she is the vice president of the United States. Honestly, why, why even have her speak? At this point, what is the point in having her talk at all? I mean, we've gone literally, have you noticed? <clears throat> there have been times we've gone weeks without hearing from Kamala Harris, and nobody noticed. And then there's this. And then there's this. Diesel fuel costs are up 75% from last year. Now, uh, it's bad enough that gas is costing 450 $460 nationally. Six and seven dollars in California. It is. It is bad enough that is happening. But the the amazing thing is, and and maybe not amazing, but the people who are suffering the most are America's freight haulers, 
uh, America's uh, fishermen, America's construction workers, construction company owners. I don't know if you knew this, and maybe this is a big surprise to you. If it does, really, honestly, uh, you just need to give up because you are a buffoon. There are no electric road graders. There are no electric uh, dump trucks. There are no electric um, bulldozers. There are no electric tractor trailers. Oh, there might be a couple of them, but they're absolutely worthless, and nobody would want them, and they cost too much, and there aren't enough natural resources to create uh, enough electric vehicles to fulfill the promises made by the Biden administration. Oh, and by the way, for instance, uh, if I did get an electric vehicle where I live just um, to the uh, west of Kansas City, Missouri, if I did plug in that electric vehicle, it would be powered by a coal-powered plant, which is about 20 miles south of here. So it's all just kind of stupid. It is all just kind of stupid when you think about it. And by the way, in case you didn't know, global warming, global climate change stopped in 1998. I've got uh, new figures on that coming up. But the cost of diesel fuel, oh yeah, and I forgot to mention farmers. I don't know if you know about this. Maybe if you're an East Coast elite, you don't even know what a combine is. You're thinking a combine might be, I don't know, uh, you know, wearing a, a different top with your pants. Oh, that's a nice combine. No, 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 no. A combine is a thing that harvests grain. And grain is what feeds animals that we eat. And grain also feeds you. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I think quinoa is a grain. I, I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. We've got quinoa. I'm not even sure what the hell quinoa is. It could be made with people for all I know. <clears throat> but we got quinoa and we got arboreal rice and we got flour and and uh, and we got oh tofu. I, let me put it in perspective for the East Coasters and the West Coasters. By the way, the elites. Tofu is made from soybeans, which is a grain which is planted by farmers with tractors and harvested by farmers with combines. Uh, so the price of your tofu, don't try not to go shriek and don't do any smash and grabs at Whole Foods. But uh, <clears throat> the cost of tofu is probably going to go through the ceiling, too, if it hasn't already. Cost of diesel fuel used by farmers and truckers to supply Americans with products they need has increased 75% over the last year. National average for diesel is 561 and then here's Joe Biden essentially explaining that uh, not only are gas prices to go through the ceiling, but he's going to go ahead and put the pedal to the metal as far as his green agenda. Imagine where we'd be with Putin's tax and the war in Ukraine had we not made that enormous progress. We're, we're, our GDP is going to grow faster than China's for the first time in 40 years. Now, does that mean we don't have problems? We do. Wow, that's the understatement of the century. We have problems that the rest of the world has, but less consequential than the rest. And that we didn't have that the rest of the world had uh, before you became president. The rest of the world has them because of our internal growth and strength. Here's the situation. And when it comes to the gas prices. Now listen to this. Because this isn't addressing gas prices. This isn't addressing your suffering. What this is addressing is the fact that he's going to wreck your life. I wish I were kidding. Uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels. Okay. 
So he's going ahead with this green agenda, despite the rest of the world has not been doing it, despite the fact that there is no climate change happening around the world, hasn't been happening since 1998. They had to change it from global cooling to global warming. Then they made it into climate change. And 24 years ago, after Al Gore's crooked documentary, nothing's happening with regard. Hold on a second. Air is fine, and, uh, you know, the weather really hasn't changed much. And if anything, uh, hurricanes have kind of dissipated. And where I live in Tornado Alley, tornado seasons have been a lot less uh, gigantic than they have been in the past. That said, uh, Joe Biden is going to continue with this. What this means is that you will have to transition by edict to some sort of an electric vehicle In the meantime, the vehicle you can afford, the vehicle that you need, if you're a farmer or a trucker or a construction worker, the only vehicle available will be made prohibitively costly. Incredible transition that is taking place that God willing, when it's over, will be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels. And in the meantime, you are going to suffer more than you ever imagined possible. Don't believe me? Here's a Democrat, Joe Manchin, asking the Interior Secretary, who's the Interior Secretary, because she checked a couple of boxes, talking about how the Biden administration has effectively shut down oil exploration on federal lands next year. Listen to this. Secretary Helen, I don't know. You all just put out a statement. The U.S. Department of Interior just put out a statement. And the statement basically says a proposed program is not a decision to issue specific leases or to authorize any drilling or development. This is from y'all's office. So it looks like you are on to shut everything down. Did you know? Listen to what she says. You all put this on. I am am sorry. I I am sitting in this hearing and and not. My God. What the hell does that have to do with the question? Let's hear it again. Proposed program is not a decision to issue specific leases or to authorize any drilling or development. This is from y'all's office. So it looks like you are on to shut everything down. Did you know you all put this on? I am am sorry. I I am sitting in this hearing and and not. My God, somebody shuts it down. This is Barack Obama in 2008. We can't uh, drive our SUVs and you know eat as much as we want and keep our homes on you know 72 degrees at all times and then just expect that every other country is going to say okay yeah because you know what we have to lower our boats we cannot uh, make s-hole countries and there are a lot of s-hole countries in the world uh we we aren't uh, concerned about raising their boats uh making them become more like the united states that's what i always tell uh you know those who are uh shipping in millions of illegals into the united states from the northern triangle or wherever how about this how about make your country suck less how about taking the uh, constitution look at this constitution here that's created the greatest engine of individual and economic uh freedom uh, and prosperity in the history of mankind. How about just take that? Just just take a couple notes and just write in that. That kind of appears to work very well. Because if I'm not mistaken, before the United States, people were still riding on horseback and uh, pooping in a shack outside their house. And now look what happens. We actually went to the moon and, uh, and beyond. But of course, that's not what socialism is all about. That's not what 
Barack Obama has ever been about. It's about making the United States into the third world. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Carson. Listen, the last time the economy looked like this, the stock market tanked 50%. The U.S. dollar lost 46% of its value and the price of oil quadrupled. Yeah. Yet while the U.S. economy collapsed and inflation ran through the roof, the price of gold shot up 1,300%. So if history repeats itself, we could see it happen again. Can you afford to miss what could be the biggest gold and silver boon of our generation? That's why I want you to visit goldco.com slash Rob Carson goldco.com slash rob carson because when you do you'll not only get the chance to protect your retirement savings with gold and silver since you are a listener to this show you could get ten thousand dollars or more in free silver this is a rare opportunity so don't miss what could be the best opportunity to protect your retirement savings visit goldco.com slash rob carson that's goldco.com slash rob carson today Don't miss what could be the best opportunity to protect your retirement savings. Goldco.com slash Rob Carson. The left is uh, trying to usurp free speech across the board. They were quite successful for a while. Banning news stories and speech on big social media. Having the mainstream media avoid, ignore major stories. The Democrat Party shouting down anyone who would attempt to tell the truth. They tried it for a while. They even tried it misinformation or disinformation. They even tried to squeak by a, a department of misinformation and disinformatia run by a political hack cartoon character named Nina Jankowitz. But that went away. It's just on hold, by the way. Disinformatia. It, it's remarkable. It really is remarkable. Oh, and, and then there's this. Now, I said to you that while you and I struggle, while we wonder how we're going to be able to pay for our groceries and, and why we, we sit there and go, my God in heaven, it cost me $70 now to fill my Camry. And when Donald Trump was a president, it cost around 32 bucks, Or it cost me five or $600 to fill my tractor trailer, and now it's costing me twelve to 1500 or more. And all the while, the Congress of the United States came up with altogether now, if I'm not mistaken, $57 billion for Ukraine, which is more than the Russian military budget per annum. So while you're wondering where the hell you're going to get baby formula, and Joe Biden flies in a military transport with 70,000 pounds two tractor trailers full of formula from Germany into Indiana. We're printing money for Ukraine. And I was wondering, why is that? And I said, it just made sense. Because Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in the history of the planet. And America's dictators and uh, political oligarchs go to Ukraine to launder money. I said, this is the largest money laundering operation in the history of mankind and the democrat party and other bad actors in the world are going to use this crisis like they did covid they're going to use the crisis to get away with things that they never dreamed of last night on i believe this is on fox l todd wood special ops pilot with experience in ukraine talked about what's going on but the entire ukrainian uh government is 
corrupt as uh, you know what. And it's mostly state captured by the Soros network. They have an NGO regime where it's estimated from some studies a couple years ago that 50% of the money that goes into these NGOs is skimmed right well, off. Well, that would be kind of weird if George Soros were very involved in Ukraine. Most, considering his ties to the Democrat Party. Most of the $40 billion, we've been told, is actually going to U.S. corporations who are obviously, uh, you know, feeding at the trough. So whether it actually reaches Ukraine to the right places will be seen. That would be called political payback, kids. President Poroshenko, the former president, who was very friendly with Biden, who worked against Trump, was artful at laundering hundreds of millions of dollars. What did he say? He was artful at what? At being a leader? President Poroshenko, the former president, who was very friendly with Biden, who worked against Trump, was artful at laundering hundreds of millions of dollars of American <laughs> aid through the central bank, through corrupt bond trading schemes. And they never dreamed it could get this good, that literally, without any debate at all, almost no debate at all, we'd pass $13 billion for Ukraine without even an itemized list, and then another $44 billion for Ukraine as American babies can't get formula. And the money went offshore. Uh, Ambassador Makarova, who was with Pelosi in Ukraine recently, the ambassador to the U.S., was involved in these schemes in well, so, as well. So there is a well-developed network of corruption across the government, and I can guarantee this money will not go where people think it's going to go. What was the expression? There was something to do with a famous fictional investigator named Sherlock. Uh, it was no something Sherlock. It's right on the tip of my tongue. No bleep Sherlock. I can't remember what it was. But, uh, you know, it should be fairly obvious uh, what's going on. It's, it's fairly obvious. When Nancy Pelosi goes to Ukraine unannounced, and I mentioned the other day, all she really needed to do was give them her account number and, uh, uh, you know, the PIN number to deposit the money into her account. You know, you need a routing number. You don't really need to make the trip anymore, Nan. All you got to do is just tell them, yeah, here's a routing number, here's the account number. Just, just put the money right there. You don't need to, be, need to bother making a trip to Ukraine but that's what they're doing, kids. That's what it's all about. Left wing. Then there's the uh, World Economic Forum, which is going on in Davos. And all the private jets are flying in once again. And you can't go. You can't go because you're a little tiny person living in the United States trying to feed your family. Klaus Schwab is the founder and chairman of the World Economic Forum, the WEF. <laughs> and uh, he addressed more than 2,500 businesses, political and media elites at the annual summit in Davos on Monday. And, uh, and he said this with his uh, kind, of, uh, kind of grotesque, almost evil accent. The future is not just happening. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us. By a powerful community. And if you don't like it, we'll send you to the Russian front. As you here in this room, we have the means to improve the states of the world. But two we have the means to increase the states of the world. Well, under you, uh, pretty much the world's gone to hell in a handbasket there, buddy. ...are necessary. The first one is that we act all as stakeholders. Okay, okay, I can't hear any more of that. The, the uh, levels are too low, and he just sounds evil. Uh, oh, oh, a little bit more here. I believe this is him talking about uh, the plan for the world post-COVID and post-monkeypox. Uh, I, I don't have confirmation this is actually the uh, Klaus Schwab, but it sure sounds a lot like him. Ten females to each male, 
I would guess that they could then work their way back to the present gross national product within, say, 20 years. Also, when, when they go down into the mine, everyone would still be alive. There will be no shocking memories, and the prevailing motion will be one of nostalgia for those left behind. Combined with a spirit of bold curiosity for the adventure ahead. <laughs> Klaus Schwab's uh, right hand flew up suddenly in a Nazi salute, and he had to hold it down. Service along these lines, the women will have to be selected for their sexual <laughs> characteristics, which will have to be of a highly stimulating nature. Now, <laughs> I have been in love with that movie since uh, college uh, film study. Dr. Strangelove, by the way. Peter Sellers playing seven parts in that movie brilliantly, and... Uh, it's so ungodly real now. <laughs> Ron DeSantis, by the way, says there's no way that uh, Florida is going to sign on to the uh, WHO's Global Pandemic Treaty, which they are thinking about uh, assigning in the next couple of days, and it is uh, likely that it should, basically giving the, uh, the WHO the ability to uh, declare a state of emergency with regard to a pandemic worldwide and shut down entire countries. Yeah, uh, not going that way. This is about the uh, the socialists of the world attempting to take over the uh, the world, and and quite honestly, we're not going to stand for it. And uh, one of the people not standing for it, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who, by the way, they're saying is polling better than Donald Trump for twenty twenty four. Donald Trump will run, of course. Ron DeSantis will be running mate. Ron DeSantis will then run, and uh, I'm trying to think of who might be good with Ron DeSantis. Elon Musk. How about that? Would that be fun? <laughs> Elon Musk. I don't know. It's funny because uh, people in talk radio, you're never allowed to like mention that you go see movies uh, or listen to music because everything's politics. But yeah, I, I also have a life. I go see movies. I watch movies. I, I listen to music. All these things. Crazy. Crazy. And did you realize that conservatives might even do some reporting on Hollywood and the like? Christian Toto is that person, maybe one of two or three people in Hollywood who talk about it from a relatively conservative standpoint. Christian Toto joins us on the Newsmax hotline right now. Hello, Christian. How are you today? I am great. Thanks for having me on. I'll also mention your uh, website that I have uh, known for years and years and years, Hollywood and Toto. And uh, this uh, headline that you wrote this week uh, really grabbed my attention, Woke Waterloo at Netflix. And um, Netflix kind of issued, I guess, a memo, and I, I mentioned this, to employees that basically said, if you are offended by some material that we run, go work for somebody else. What, what exactly is going on at Netflix, which I believe will translate to a lot of American companies getting out of the woke business. Quite possibly. What's happening there is that Netflix is suffering. Subscribers are down, their stock prices plummeted, and they're feeling the pinch, and they're cutting costs right and left. They're getting rid of shows they were about to make. They're kind of, you know, streamlining. And, it, you know, for, for it seemed like forever, Netflix was the, uh, the biggest streamer on the planet. And, and now they have a lot of competition, and yep. they're starting to realize that, hey, maybe all this woke stuff – isn't great for our bottom line. So that's, I think, what's happening. It's um, pretty remarkable. And, um, you know, we've got Netflix, and I always kind of enjoyed Netflix, and then some stuff that they did really turned me off. Why didn't you explain how Dave Chappelle changed everything? Yeah, well, he put out a special late last year called The Closer, and there were some jokes that some deemed uh, transphobic. Not everyone, just a small portion of the audience. 
and all heck broke loose. There were lots of articles about it. There was very select people at the company walking yeah. out saying this is outrageous. And at first it looked like Netflix would buckle and say, yes. oh, my gosh, we can't have this. And they stood they stood tall. And not only that, they kept the special on air on the streaming lineup. And they also said, oh, yeah, we're going to go back into the Dave Chappelle business. We're going to work on some new specials involving him. And so that was important because that was a really aggressive cancel culture attack. Yes. And Netflix wobbled, but they stood tall. And then more recently, they came out and said, oh, and by the way, in the future, like you said, if you don't like our content, you may leave the company. Yes. We're not going to change things. We're going to defend free speech and that the artists that we work with have the right to say what they want to say. And that's really important across the culture. This is a really big moment. Um, I, I've seen uh, like Bill Burr, not exactly politically correct on Netflix. Uh, Dave Chappelle, the, the one that, that uh, caused all the snowflakes in Netflix to walk out, he literally spent a uh, good share of the, uh, the, the, it wasn't Six and So's, it was one right after, where he literally talked about a transgendered person that he let open for his show for 45 minutes, and that person ultimately killed herself because of the bullying from the LGBT community. That's what I thought that was uh, pretty remarkable. But Netflix has also canceled Anti-Racist Baby, an animated take on Ibram X. Kendi's book, as well as Pearl, Meghan Markle's planned animated project, because nobody gives a crap about Meghan Markle. That could be part of it. But they clearly are beginning to realize that uh, it's more important to attract viewers than to placate the snowflakes and what I like to call the candy aisle kids at Netflix. And it looks like this could be translating, hopefully, to other companies, including Disney, which is facing incredible blowback for getting involved in the uh, the legislation to stop the teaching of sex and sexuality to children in Florida. Yeah, yeah, these are all connected culturally speaking, but I want to mention one more thing. Netflix just this week dropped a new special with Ricky Gervais who is known Yes. <laughs> yes. for his free speech uh, you know, strength and his speeches and his you know, kind of defending the the comics right to say what he or she wants to say. And let me tell you, if you were offended by the Dave Chappelle special, You'll be pulling out your hair when you watch this special. It's much more coarse. It's much more cutting. It doesn't have the humanity that Dave Chappelle layered, like you mentioned, yeah. <laughs> in this other special where he talked about that trans comedian who he had such a bond with. And But what's left? I mean, if Netflix has taken the stance and you know Chappelle is still standing, Netflix is still standing, and it looks like we're moving toward a less woke society – What's going to happen? I mean, what's going to just uh, more mean tweets? I don't know. This is all the culmination of uh, what I would consider the end of days for the class of 1968. I like to call them the class of 1968. And I, and I think this is a great victory, not only for the First Amendment. Uh, in fact, no, it's, it's really just a victory for the First Amendment, <laughs> to be quite <laughs> honest. <laughs> it's just a victory for the First Amendment. And, and the First Amendment was created not to, uh, not to protect popular speech, but to protect unpopular speech. And this new uh, comedy special, Supernature by Ricky Gervais, maybe uh, Netflix should make it required viewing for its staff. Uh, just to get them to quit, because I think they probably they probably would. You're much more closer to Hollywood than I am. Clearly, there are a lot of very left of center things happening. What the, the Marvel superheroes aren't they going to have trans characters now? Uh, things like that. But but maybe we're we're reaching the end of our tolerance with regard to you know the the left and wokeism. Yeah, this, the wokeism will not go away. It will keep marching on. But it also shows that maybe wokeism has a glass jaw, that we can see such uh, yeah. significant change so quickly. 
I think says something. And I think that there's a lesson to be learned there. And I think even State Farm uh, just this oh. week had kerfuffle where they were aligning with this book company that was teaching sex education to pretty darn young kids. And State and State Farm basically backed away within 24 hours. You would not have seen that last year, not at all. So something is changing, but you really, you know, for people uh, who are free speech minded, who are right of center, or just sort of even center left who, who just don't like this woke culture, it's time to kind of fight the fight and know that there are victories ahead. Wow. And this is the time to kind of press forward. This is weird because I have a state farm insurance on my car and they're offering a new reconsider your gender discount. I think it's 10%. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, not, not sure. Not sure. <laughs> how hey, ridiculous. 15, I'm in, so. <laughs> how ridiculous. Honestly, how ridiculous that state farm would, would jump into this fright. What the hell? Who do they think their demo is, to be quite honest? Who do, who well, I think either they, they're not thinking, a lot of these companies are not thinking, or maybe they really lack ideological diversity uh, at the upper levels because you think someone might raise their hand in a meeting and say, dear sir or madam, maybe this isn't the greatest idea. Maybe this will alienate people. But I think those voices either don't exist in these places or are just so afraid of speaking up that they don't. And I understand that, yeah. but that's what needs to end. You need more voices, not less. You need more people speaking out. You need more people being brave and bold, and that really matters. It does, and you know, when I mentioned the Candy Owl kids, like AOC, <clears throat> they march right in, they assume control, they demand and they demand and they demand. Let's move on to other stuff, because I want to know, I think I was in high school when Top Gun came out. Uh, Top Gun, the new movie, is out. Tom Cruise is back. This time he's a fighter pilot again, except for this time he flies at Mach 2 and he leaves his left blinker on because he's 59 years old. Uh, how's the movie? The movie is excellent. Okay. And you know, it's funny. If you go to Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's got a, a roughly a 97% fresh Whoa. rating. So it's not just me saying it. It's a lot of critics. Certainly critics are left of center, but they're not letting that bother them. This is a, a completely a-woke movie, unwoke, whatever kind of term you want to Love use. It. Yes, the, the fighter uh, pilot jacket that he wore, the Taiwan patch has been removed for, <laughs> oh to appease the Chinese market. I get that. But the rest of the movie itself is just straightforward <clears throat> nostalgia, action, adventure. And that dude may be 59, but he does not age. Unbelievable. Age less. Unbelievable. Do you think America is going to come back to theaters? Do you think uh, that is behind this, or do you think that uh, there's hope? Because I, I would like, if I'm going to go see this movie, I'm going to go see it in the theaters. It is coming back with a caveat. First of all, uh, Top Gun will be available in IMAX. I highly recommend you see it Ooh. in that form. It's not 3D. IMAX is the real deal. It does make it a lot better. Got it. Uh, the numbers are pretty good right now. You're seeing a lot of new blockbusters, Spider-Man, Doctor yep. Strange, but... It's the popcorn movies that are really crushing it at the box office. I so I think the more mature-minded films, maybe Oscar bait material, I think they may still struggle for a while. So I think the younger people who want an outlet, love the AC, love hanging out with their friends and buddies, I think that contingent is mostly coming back to theaters. But it. as far as the same robust appeal it had back in the day, I don't know if it'll fully capture that, but I yeah. think we're seeing really good signs. All right, very good. Christian Toto, always good to talk to you. Uh, you have uh, HollywoodandToto.com online. Is there other places that you would like to mention? Are there other places that you'd like to mention where people can find you? Yep. Uh, my podcast is called Right on Hollywood. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at HollywoodandToto. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.